the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is out sick, but Clark Hilton is right here engineering today's program. Well, this being Friday, we do things a little bit differently. We're going to take a look at some of the headline news in the first couple of segments. We'll take a look at the lighter side of the news in the second half of this first hour, and we'll share this week's Christian Outlook in the second hour of today's program. But before all of that, I just have to tell you what's uh, what's going on. Clark Hilton, who has been here at KPDQ in various capacities for the last, what, 13 years? For the last 13 years... Today is his last day. He has uh, taken a job in Salem that will use his considerable talents in a very constructive way. So I'm excited about that um, for him, but I'm very sad for our loss. And feel free to send your cards and letters of condolence uh, because it's going to take a while to get over him being gone. He's been on the other side of this glass Uh, For this program, for a period of time, although for 13 years, he's been here, and as I mentioned earlier, in various capacities. He happened to pick, by the way, the 32nd anniversary of my starting here at KPDQ (laughs) as his final day in a, you know, twist of irony. Uh, Anyway, Clark, it has been a pleasure to work with you. Uh, It's going to be very odd getting used to your not being here and uh, your being a foil, being on the other side of the glass. Uh, and just our, our personal friendship that we uh, we forged over the last few years. Congratulations on your new position in Salem. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best. Thanks. I can't say a whole lot more than that because I'm kind of yeah, I know it's getting a little emotional. It's been uh, the last couple of days have it's kind of hit. You know, it's 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 bittersweet, and you know, I I think. I uh, mentioned to the staff here that uh, one of the reasons I'd stayed, I mean, 13 years in our line of work is remarkable to be in one place at one time. And really the longest I'd ever stayed any place in my entire working life has Mm -hmm. been five years. So I blew that out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I mentioned in a staff note, just saying thanks to everybody, was one of the, the big reason I have stayed as long as I have is because of the people here. And translated that, that's me. It's because and of me personally, because exclusively. Of you specifically <laughs> that I have stayed. Okay, the, the Lord doesn't like lying now. <laughs> Both of us are in trouble. <laughs> no, you're a part of that. Um, there are others, of course, too. And um, boy, and just. In our line of work, to be able to leave of your own volition, mm-hmm. too, is not always something that happens. I mean, decisions often get made at levels higher than you that you have no control over. But here, I've been able to do 13 years, I think, of pretty good work, I like to think. And um, 
now that's drawing to a close for a new chapter, new doors that have opened. And I'm really excited for you because I know this is going to give you an opportunity to be more creative, to have um, more opportunity. And so I'm thrilled. On the other hand, and trust me, there is another hand. I have prayed for you against my own interest. I have asked the Lord to order your steps against my own interest And he faithfully responded to that request. And so now here you're off somewhere else. And I'm stuck here by myself with somebody else. Who knows who's going to be on the other side of God? I hope you feel bad about that. So what you're saying is it's God God's will that I no longer work with you. (laughs) Well, we won't go go that far. I I jest. No, this has been this has been a major part of my life um, for a long time. And. This will also give me a chance to um, be around my daughter and my wife a little bit more, especially at dinner time, since I haven't really been able to do that. Well, and what most of our listeners don't know is you've had a two-hour commute every oh, day, yeah. and that adds a lot. You know, you've put in a full day's work here, and then on top of that, to have a two-hour commute, you leave uh, at awkward times for your family, you get home yeah. late for your family. So this is, and that really has been part of my motivation in praying for a different arrangement, is that... Um, that little girl of yours who stole yeah. my heart many years ago is going to be able, and she's a daddy's girl. She's going to be she able is. to spend more time with daddy. And can I just say that that's when you mention our, yours and my relationship, that's really where it kind of kicked off. Um, you and I were working together before then, but you, um, I was just having these uh, quite a bit of angst about being a father of a daughter. Um Aria's our only child, and, you know, that was not necessarily a road that I had wanted to go down, but it was important to my wife, and um, now here I was. I'm like, what am I going to do? And um, you just kind of stepped in there and helped me feel better about how things were going to go. And while I'm not the perfect dad, because she is a (laughs) seven-year-old, your advice was well-heeded. And um, I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, I'd say you're doing really well. And there's only one perfect dad, so we yeah. can look to him. But you've yeah. done a great job. And like I said, I've you know really followed your daughter and fallen in love with her over these years. And yeah. that's the one thing I'm going to miss is the daily updates of what has she done today? <laughs> you know, what's going on today? Well, so, I wanted I want to tell you something about that. She I was tucking her in earlier this week and. You know, she knew that I was changing jobs, and she did ask. She said, "Well, this this week, she said, are you, what about Georgine? You know, are you going to still talk to her?" And <laughs> and she was a little concerned that that might not happen anymore. And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Georgine's one of those people I've met that you know we'll be friends long after we've both moved on. You to the retirement home, and me to whatever is <laughs> next." <laughs> Yes, we'll certainly stay in touch when I'm in the nursing home. Thank you, Clark. I appreciate that. It's me, that. Clark. We work together, remember? I'm sorry. I have no idea I'll just who get you, you are. I'll just get you your jello and it'll be good. But I've already got plans for her graduation. Yeah. Uh, I plan on showing up at the wedding, okay. invitation or no, uh, whatever's coming up, you know. Oh, you'll get an invitation. Yeah. In fact, I have. Um, I have a shelf up above my desk, and every year I've been so blessed. You give me a picture, you know, her school pictures when yeah. they started, and so I have a whole collection of them, and so I, I tape them inside my, inside the cupboard door, and whenever I open the door, there are 15 pictures of her. <laughs> this is on two, 
two separate doors. Okay, I'm sure my coworkers. Seven. I think there's seven. Seven years. Okay. <laughs> I think my coworkers think I have a problem <laughs> stalking this little girl. Anyway, it's just been fun. Yeah. To uh, I was there when she was first born. I got to hold her you when she was were. just fresh, and uh, so it's been fun to walk with you uh, through your parenting these seven years. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I was going to say, you were. You were at one of the two people from work who came to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So It was a big day for all of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of that to say, um, it's been a real treat to work with you, Clark. I don't want to say too much because I'm going to get emotional. I know. So I'm going to just too. be... It's okay. I'm going to be professional because this is a professional program, and you and I are professionals, and there's no crying in radio most of the time. <laughs> There is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there is. I've I've been guilty and of that. People kind of like it. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a real, yeah, real treat. And me you too. know, all of that. What have we spent? Uh, how many minutes talking about that? Well, it's actually time for our first break. Time for our yeah. first break. So I have at least what twenty seconds to mention this. My thirty second anniversary here at KPDT. Oh, and I should say congratulations <laughs> on that. James Blend chooses today to be out sick. I think to avoid the flowers, the candy, the hoopla, you know, the, you know, what he had originally planned, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you um, sometime soon, Clark. You'll, you'll see me around. Yeah, I hope so. All right. We do need to take a quick break. So much for the news. <laughs> we'll cover a little bit of it when we come back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show, Down One Man. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Today is the Clark Hilton Memorial Program, marking the 13th year of his service here at KPDQ. Well, taking a look at the news other than Clark Hilton's departure, uh, Democrats have called off the infrastructure vote after negotiations stalled on the reconciliation bill, exposing the uh, slim margins that they're experiencing in the party. The infrastructure bill negotiations continued into the night last night. Pelosi, Biden scrambled for a deal. That's uh, going to be postponed. AOC laughed at Manchin's $1.5 trillion spending bill top line, saying, you know, this is just not acceptable. 3.5, she considered a compromise. Cinema, uh, or it's actually cinema, reiterated her that she won't be back. Uh, she won't back, rather, the $3.5 trillion spending bill, saying President Biden and Senator Schumer are fully aware of her stance. She'd been accused of being vague. Brian Brenberg says the president's uh, $3.5 trillion spending plan is really about the addiction that follows. Well, a political reporter scolded a Gold Star family of a Marine killed in Kabul for not wearing masks in the Capitol. Uh, the um, uh, co-congressional bureau chief, Heather uh, Cagle, is facing intense backlash for scolding the Gold Star family of one of the U.S. service members killed just recently in the terrorist attack there last month for not wearing masks during a tour of the U.S. Capitol. Mask requirement in the House. Tours not allowed, yet here we are, a group of nine, only two in masks. Um, Cagle swiped the group. Well, the journalist doubled down even after she was told that the um, McClintock family was leading a tour for the family of the Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee, who was among the 13 Americans who died from the suicide bombing at the Kabul airport. How does that exempt them from wearing a mask? She asked. Wow. A Virginia student has taken on this, the... Uh, School board over a mask mandate saying you're making people go nuts. And Carl Markowitz pointed out that parents are fighting the school mask mandate for kids pleading. Just follow the science. Washington state students are speaking out after a high school moved them to a portable classroom for not wearing masks. 
California Governor Newsom has signed sweeping police reform bill. A Russia collusion investigator, Durham, has targeted the Clinton campaign law firm in a fresh round of subpoenas. And Dan Bongino, former U.S. Secret Service agent, says taxpayers uh, should just flush their money down the toilet before the government gets it. It's going to be that much of a waste. The Dow Jones uh, tumbled 546 points as stocks wrapped the worst September since 2011. And scammers got nearly 30 percent of Arizona's coronavirus unemployment pay. 30 percent. Disney and actress uh, Scarlett Johansson have settled their Black Widow lawsuit. I know you were worried about that. And Janet Yellen suggests the federal debt ceiling should be abolished by Congress. Just a blank check. Spend whatever you want. Well, as I mentioned, Nancy Pelosi failed to gain the needed votes to pass the infrastructure bill last night. After an evening recess that kept getting extended, the speaker sent a dear colleague letter that provided slim to no details and didn't offer any timeline for an eventual vote on the infrastructure package. Despite her assurances, there would be a vote on Thursday. She was unable to get the compromise out of the left wing of her party. Guy Benson called the result no surprise. The Wall Street Journal credited Joe Manchin for saving the Democratic Party and the country from the left. Another story, Senator Joe Manson's uh, Manchin's cards were laid on the table Thursday and the centrist Democrat from a solidly Republican coal producing state said no one should be surprised at what they showed. People uh, pretty much knew where I've been all along, said the West Virginia lawmaker whose state went for former President Donald Trump by 39 points in 2020. I've never been a liberal in any way, shape or form. There's no one uh, that has ever thought I was. Hugh Hewitt says uh, he hopes the uh, House GOP knows to do nothing, say nothing, vote for nothing when other when the other side is busy tearing themselves to pieces. Just get popcorn. Don't provide votes for the infrastructure bill. They did the jam down. They should live with the jam down. I have no idea what a jam down is. You can look it up. I know I probably will. Well, Department of Homeland Security says illegals shouldn't be deported for being here illegally. But the border is closed. Would someone define closed? Because I, I'm a little confused. Well, from this story, the Biden administration issued new guidelines yesterday to immigration officers that say that being an undocumented person should not alone be the basis of being deported. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he said in a statement that the department will focus their resources on apprehending and removing undocumented immigrants who are a threat to the national security, public safety and border security of the United States. The message here? The border is open. Just don't commit a major crime, at least not now. Whether or not you've done so in the past or getting here is irrelevant. Eric Erickson points out the illegal aliens flooding our borders are not the bad guys. The American politicians who led them to believe they could come and stay. They're the bad guys. Well, the National School Board Association wants President Biden to declare angry parents domestic terrorists. So if you disagree with what um, what's happening, you are a domestic terrorist who happens to be a parent. A group representing local school boards says the federal government should review violence and threats involving schools to see if they violate federal statutes about domestic terrorism and hate crimes amid ongoing tensions and anger over COVID-19 policies. The NSBA letter mentions COVID policy and critical race theory and criticizing parents who are protesting actions against their children, their own children. Senator Feinstein has introduced a bill requiring vaccinations or negative tests for domestic flights. The effort to control through fear continues. 
A study, parents are more likely to be happy and find life meaningful, more than those without children, according to this study. Another study confirms that trans athletes have advantages over women, leaving all to wonder why they bothered studying this. From the story, transgender athletes have an unfair advantage in female sports and new universal category should be introduced for them. A new major uh, review has suggested the report from the Sports Council's Equity Group concluded that trans women have an advantage in some sports, even when testosterone levels have been reduced. A little mockery from Alice, or rather Ali Beth Stuckey. I, for one, am absolutely shocked by this news. Did they say why? Well, 2022 Winter Olympics will be for the Chinese only, that is, in person. The rest will have to watch by television, as the communist country will likely use COVID to keep the masses away. In other words, you will not be able to go to the Winter Olympic Games if you are not Chinese living in country. Hospitals burdened with the high COVID cases are firing doctors and nurses over vaccination mandates. This time, ABC News notices they're firing the people they need when they need them the most. Smith & Wesson plans to leave Massachusetts to relocate in Tennessee as Massachusetts craft legislation is making it difficult for them to stay. Hugh Hewitt to Dr. Fauci. Is it time to step aside? Well, Hewitt said to Dr. Fauci, I've lost confidence in the CDC and the FDA, and I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America now has lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Is there a point where you will say I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore and step aside? Fauci replied, no, absolutely unequivocally no. Hugh said, sorry. Well, Nancy Pelosi delayed the vote on the infrastructure bill as Democrat infighting haggling over the larger spending bill continues. President Biden signed a temporary funding bill to prevent a government shutdown for two months. And Democrats um, are planning to legalize millions uh, has been um, shot down once again. Well, fully vaccinated Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh has tested positive for covid days before the new term begins. It's a breakout or breakthrough case. The Senate has confirmed the alleged eco terrorist collaborator to lead the Bureau of Land Management. And the Senate also confirmed Rohit Chopra as director of the rather noxious Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The ISIS bomber who killed 13 soldiers was released from a U.S. base during the Afghanistan withdrawal. Think about that for a moment. Following the southern border playbook, hundreds of Afghans were leaving uh, U.S. military bases before resettlement, and there have been multiple reports of assaults and and, uh, robberies among Afghan evacuees. The U.S. has killed a senior al-Qaeda leader in a Syria drone strike, according to the New York Post, and military suicide rates are increasing, a new Pentagon survey finds. A ban on plastic ban, uh, bags rather begins in the nanny state of Washington. And what could possibly go wrong? Austin police, they plan to stop responding to non-emergencies like, oh, I don't know, theft and burglary beginning, excuse me, beginning today. Tennessee is the ideal location for Smith and Weston. They're moving there to the gun friendly volunteer state. President Biden got a booster shot in a really elegant office that turned out to be a prop on a stage. Now, I don't know how often that happens, but, you know, there are a lot of really cool places in uh, Washington. Samuel Alito rebuffed the Democrats claim that the Supreme Court abuses emergency appeals and inflation has been confirmed to be at the highest level in 40 years. On this day in history, 1890, Congress passed the McKinley Tariff Act, which raises tariffs to a record level at the time. 
1908, Henry Ford introduces his Model T automobile to the market. 1910, the offices of the Los Angeles Times are destroyed by a bomb explosion and fire. 21 Times employees are killed. 1957, the motto, In God We Trust, begins appearing on U.S. paper currency. And 1962, Johnny Carson debuts as host of NBC's Tonight Show, beginning a nearly 30-year run. 1971, Walt Disney World opens near Orlando, Florida. 82, Sony begins selling the first commercial compact disc player, the CDP-101 in Japan. 1994, National Hockey League team owners began a 103-day lockout of their players. And in 1996, the federal grand jury indicts the Unabomber suspect Theodore Kaczynski and the 1994 mail bomb slaying of advertising executive Thomas Mosser. Uh, Kaczynski would be uh, later sentenced to four life terms plus 30 years. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll be back with some of the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're taking a look at the lighter side of the news on this Clark Hilton's last day. I know I'm pausing for weeping, wailing, and the gnashing of teeth. Well, neighborinos say hi diddly ho to new Ned Flanders Crossing in northwest Portland. This is Portland's newest carefree bridge. It has a new neighborino. Well, northwest Portland's Flanders Crossing Bridge is renamed, or rather was renamed Thursday last. Um, in honor of the beloved Simpsons character, Ned Flanders, known best for his um, mustache, his un. Flaggingly positive attitude. And isn't that just Portland? Well, Portland City Commissioner Joanne Hardesty, who oversees the Portland Bureau of Transportation, unveiled the new name along with Travel Portland CEO Jeff Miller and the real-life mayor of Springfield, Sean Van Gordon. The Simpsons creator Matt Groening, he grew up in Portland and has named several characters from the long-running animated series after Portland Streets, for those of you who care. Flanders Street is named for George Flanders, an early city resident and shipping tycoon who arrived in what uh, would become Portland in 1849. The 24-foot-wide and 200-foot-long pedestrian and bicycle bridge connects Northwest Flanders Street at 15th and 16th Avenues, spanning Interstate 405. It opened in June and is part of the uh, a neighborhood greenway that will ultimately stretch from the West Hills down to the Willamette River. Well, the calls for a pedestrian bridge across I-405 date back to the 70s when the section of the freeway first opened. Those discussions have gotten more serious in the past 15 years, and construction on the bridge began in June of last year. The bridge is designed to survive up to 9.0 uh, magnitude earthquake. We hope that isn't tested. Well, the projected cost of the bridge grew over time, as always is the case, finally topping out at about $9.5 million. The project received a $2.9 million Connect Oregon grant from the state, but was largely funded by fees from developers collected through transportation system development charges. So Flanders Crossing. Hi, diddly ho. Well, a California homeowner's doorbell camera captured the moment an Amazon delivery driver swatted at a bug and accidentally launched a package onto the homeowner's roof. 
Casey McPerry posted a video to TikTok showing the moment an Amazon driver bearing a package of vitamins approached the front door in the San Diego home they lived in and swatted at what appears to be an insect. You know, they can be a little intimidating. If it had been a moth, I would have jumped to the roof myself. But in this case, it was some sort of an insect that can be very intimidating. The driver loses his grip on the package during the gesture, sending it flying onto the roof of the home. Well, the video shows the distraught driver walking around outside the house for a few moments while trying to figure out how to get it down. McPerry said he received a next, uh, rather a text from the driver saying, hi, this is your Amazon delivery driver. This sounds crazy, but I accidentally threw a package on your roof. Do you have a ladder I can use? (laughs) Well, McPerry said that he didn't get the message until later in the evening, but used a flashlight to confirm the package was still on the roof. He was able to retrieve it the next day. And I guess that's one way to uh, avoid having your packages stolen from the porch. So something to think about. Well, the money was supposed to be used to create modern art, and it was, but not in the way a Danish museum expected when it gave an artist the equivalent of $84,000. In return, it received two empty canvases. Well, the artist says the blank canvases make up a new work of art titled Take the Money and Run that he calls a commentary on poor wages. One thing it's not, he says, is a theft. It's a breach of contract, and the breach of contract is part of the work, he said, according to the Danish public broadcaster, DR. This work is that, uh, or rather, the work is that I have taken their money. That's the work. It required effort to receive the money given. Well, the Knudsen Museum of Modern Art in um, the country isn't satisfied or amused with that explanation. But that hasn't stopped it from displaying the two blank canvases as part of its exhibition called Work It Out, which explores people's relationship with work, or in this case, non-work. Well, the artist took the money as part of an agreement with the Knudsen, which says it loaned him uh, more than half a million dollars so that he would um, frame the cash in a reprise on an earlier artwork. Well, the artist had previously used two canvases, one larger than the other, to illustrate the gap in average annual incomes in Denmark and Austria, in um, concrete terms, or more accurately, in paper. Well, the artist sent two large crates to the museum as it prepared to mount the work-themed show um, that opened last weekend. But when the staff members opened the boxes, they were surprised to find two blank canvases. I actually laughed as I saw it, said one of the uh, employees who happened to be a CEO in an email to NPR, adding that the museum first suspected things might not go as planned when the artist told them he had created a new piece of art with the title, Take the Money and Run. They didn't take it as seriously as they probably should have. Well, the iconic bridge that became famous as um, Pooh Sticks Bridge, thanks to A.A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh, Uh, is now being auctioned off to find a new home. You could actually own the original Winnie the Pooh bridge from Ashdown Forest because it's up for auction. Well, Summers Place Auction said the bridge, originally known as uh, Posing Ford Bridge, uh, when it was built in Suffolk's uh, Ashdown Forest in 1907, became an iconic set when Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh used it to invent the game Pooh Sticks in Milne's 
1928 book, The House of Pooh Corner, or rather at Pooh Corner. Corner. Uh, Christopher Robin Milne had the uh, bridge officially renamed Pooh Sticks Bridge in 1979. Well, the bridge became a popular tourist destination, was removed in 1999 to make way for a sturdier recreation funded by uh, in part by Disney. Well, the original bridge has now been fully restored and reconstructed using local oak for any missing elements. A Summer's Place auction said in the listing bidding on the bridge opens on the 6th of October. You might want to make note of that. And the auction house said it's expected to sell for, oh, somewhere around eighty one thousand three hundred dollars. I was trying to come up with a parting gift for for uh, Clark, but that's a little out of my uh, out of my league. Well, what if we uh, told you there was a hamster who's been trading cryptocurrencies since June and recently was doing better than Warren Buffett and the S&P 500. Well, there is such a crypto training uh, hamster who's performing better than Warren Buffett and the S&P 500. Meet Mr. Gox. He's a hamster who works out of what is possibly the most high-tech hamster cage in existence. It's designed so that when Mr. Gox uh, runs on the hamster wheel, he can select among dozens of cryptocurrencies. Then, deciding between two tunnels, he chooses whether to buy or sell, according to the Twitch account for the hamster. His decision is sent over a real trading platform, and yes, real money is involved. Huh. But what we can... um, uh, surmise from following this hamster's financial decisions or that this process is scientific is that it's not scientific rather in any way the human behind the hamster's account and money has not been made public but what we can tell you is his portfolio is up nearly 20 percent since he started trading in june according to his twitter account and as of the 12th of september mr gox the hamster uh, was performing better than bitcoin the nasdaq 100 Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway and S&P 500. While Mr. Gox's methodology is random at best, it does remind us that where people get their financial advice from is certainly changing. Uh, we're seen, or rather we've seen, getting tips from TikTok from two kids in Baltimore. And in recent years, there's been more stock picking on Wall Street from bots. NPR's Planet Money even built its own 2017 in 2017 that invested money based off of President Donald Trump's tweets. I wouldn't advise using those methods. However, some of them are actually successful. Who knew? You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. This is the Clark Hilton Memorial Finale, as this is his last day here at KPDQ. I did everything I could, ladies and gentlemen. He's leaving anyway. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Today is the Clark Hilton Memorial Program. This being his last day engineering the Georgine Rice Show. Be careful about that. It sounds like I'm dying. <laughs> well, you're dead to me now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Once you walk out that door, you're nobody. I That's kept, not I, true. I thought I was going to join you in the last segment, but people keep stopping by to say <laughs> goodbye. So, yeah, I'm, that's what happens when I'm you leave. Kind of a mess, and yeah, yeah. So. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I you might just want to stay fault. another week or so. That might be the solution. You know what? I I think 
I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I think you're not either. I should mention, though, uh, this is my sec- 32nd anniversary here at KPDQ. I remember the day yeah. I started. Uh, and uh, all of that said, next week, I'm going to be gone for a full week. In I'm morning. visiting a former... Pa- <laughs> yes, I'm leaving the country to mourn the loss of, of Clark Hilton. Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Uh, I'm visiting a former pastor, Jim Andrew, and his wife, Irene, who had a stroke some seven years ago and has some disabilities related to that. Dan Rice and I are traveling to Mexico to visit them. This is our first visit since they moved there a few years ago. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, They live about an hour outside of Guadalajara in a beautiful community. I don't even know the name of the town, uh, but we're going to be picked up at the airport. It's an hour's drive and We'll spend the week there. Didn't want to stay too long because it's a bit of a burden to have have guests. And so while it's going to be a wonderful vacation, my goal is to really make it a special time for my friend Irene, uh, who has some limitations. And so I'm just praying for creativity and, and ideas to make it uh, a meaningful time for her. We'll be back on Friday of next week and back in studio on Monday. I know... Um, we have some, at least one guest host, but I'm not really sure how they're filling in the time. I've been so grief stricken that I haven't been in on, you know, making arrangements for next week. Um, <laughs> anyway, since this is grief stricken, <laughs> this is Clark's last day and all. Uh, so anyway, that's what's uh, coming up for the next next week since I've been abandoned by the engineer of this program for the last several years. Going into therapy soon to kind of deal with that abandonment issues and everything associated with it no no no! don't weep for me argentina i'll be fine okay argentina is not in mexico no it's not but it's a famous song <laughs> i know that i just i know make reference to it anyway <laughs> it's it's at least south of here yeah okay how about this in a scene worthy of a comedy sketch a turkish man joined a search party for a missing person, not realizing that the missing person they were pursuing was, in fact, him. Uh, the man whose name I'm not going to attempt to mispronounce is 51 years old, should have known better. And this is, a, I think, a case for not drinking in excess. He went drinking with a friend in a uh, forest in the town of something northwest of Turkey late Tuesday. His wife reported him missing after he didn't return home, and she heard he had walked away from his friend and he was drunk. Well, the rescue team was called to find him. Uh, he had gone to sleep in a house in the forest. This is an odd story. Anyway, Turkish bread. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, Turkish online news uh, reported on Friday. He came across members of the search party who didn't know him personally, but he came across members of the search party in the morning. He was sober, presumably, and decided to help them find the missing person. He realized he was the focus of the search. Hey guys, when they what began looking for when they began calling out his name. I don't know how many times they called out his name before he realized, "Hey, that's my name and I haven't been home." Well, after a while, they said they were looking for him. Uh, they quoted him as saying, "I broke into a cold sweat when I heard my name. I told them I was the guy." Uh, but they continued to search. They didn't believe him. Uh, The truth came out when his friend saw him, identified him. They came to the conclusion that they had found the man who had once been lost and and now found. So this is a a perfect uh, teachable moment for excessive drunkenness. Don't do it because the search party might be sent 
and you'll embarrass yourself internationally. I mean, he's in <laughs> Turkey and we're talking about it here in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. This is kind of a sweet story. A New York couple whose wedding plans were interrupted by border uh, closings from the COVID-19 pandemic held a ceremony at the U.S.-Canada border so the bride's parents and grandmother could attend. Now, that's pretty sweet. Karen Mahoney and Brian Ray, I mentioned their names in case you want to send a gift. Ski instructors who live in Caddyville, New York, said that they were hoping the Canadian border would reopen in time for their wedding when they planned uh, for a September wedding. But... They had to come in, come up with a new plan when the date approached and the crossing remained banned. Well, Mahoney, who met Ray 35 years ago uh, when he taught her how to ski, said it was important for her that her parents and 96-year-old grandmother, wow, 96, who live in Quebec, attend her wedding. Um, she's my only living grandparent, the only grandparent I've ever known, so it was very important for me that she have an opportunity to watch the happiest day of my life. Well, the most important part of the day for us was the promises we told each other, and we wanted my parents and grandparents to witness that, end quote. Yes, someone who gets it. Well, Ray contacted a man he identified as Border Brian. Okay, sounds a little sketchy, but a childhood friend who earned his nickname by joining the Border Patrol. Brian arranged for the couple to hold a wedding ceremony at the uh, Jameson Line border crossing where Burke, New York meets Quebec. Uh, He was off duty at the time and let the other agents who were on duty know what was going on. And uh, he arranged so that we could uh, be uninterrupted through the whole ceremony. Well, the couple said the rules for the ceremony included each attendee staying on their side of the border. No objects uh, being passed across the line. So no gifts, no touching, no hugs, no nothing. Mahoney said her grandmother was overjoyed to be able to attend. She was extremely excited, the bride said. I've seen her once in two years, so it was very emotional. We both cried. And she expressed to me later that to witness the happiest day of her life was the moment that she would never Never forget, referring, of course, to the 96-year-old grandmother. Well, Mahoney's father, Paul Mahoney, in case you want to know, said getting to attend the wedding from across the border was the next best thing to being able to walk her down the aisle, which, of course, he couldn't do. We would not have missed it, not for the world. Well, the couple held their originally planned ceremony the next day in New York with the rest of their guests. I got to marry the most beautiful woman in the world two days in a row, said the groom. So I thought that was really very thoughtful and sweet. For this couple to uh, make such extraordinary arrangements to include the parents and the grandparents. Yeah. Speaking of weddings, um, a woman married a dozen trees in a bid to stop them being chopped down by developers who wanted to build a 166 apartment complex. Is that how it works? (laughs) Well, we'll see if it worked. A group of 70 women have married dozens of trees in a desperate bid to block plans that would see them chopped down for a prospective 55-pound, million-pound building site. This is the one occasion where it's not here in the U.S. It kind of makes me feel a little bit better. The ceremony took place at a caravan park in Spike Island. I don't know if the grooms were there. This is in Bristol, where housing developers have submitted... 55 million pound plans to build 166 new apartments there. Organizers hope eyebrow raising events showed trees are our partners for life. Huh. And the brides explained marrying a tree was a hugely symbolic moment. Well, maybe for the brides, but symbolic of something, not necessarily for the trees. Those marrying the 74 trees wore bridal dresses from a range of cultures after being inspired by the 1970s Chipko movement 
After a group of women from the Mandel village in the Himalayas threw their arms around trees to protect forests from being destroyed. Wonder how that went. Uh, she said they hope the eyebrow raising event showed trees are our partners for life. One of the um, brides explained to the BBC to get married to a tree is an absolute privilege. Not for the tree, for the bride, I guess. Uh, it's not just a sentimental gesture. Sorry, honey, but it's actually just a sentimental gesture. Um, she also went on to explain it's a highly significant and symbolic event. Trees are pure examples of unconditional love, which fits in, no, in so beautifully with the whole idea of marriage. Marriage is for life. Breathing is for life. Okay, we're just going to leave it right there. Yeah, I'm not sure what else to add to that. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, what is the, is it the second anniversary that is traditionally wood? Is that, right? <laughs> so what, they what, chop what, them down. What on happens? Their, <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, there were no comments from the grooms um, standing out in a field at some distance. So who knows what's going to happen next? My guess is 12 months from now, 15 months from now, 166 apartments will be st- <laughs> will be standing. Ouch. Maybe two or three trees will still be there. Who Cynical. knows? All right. Well, Clark Hilton, we're going to spend the second hour with the Christian Outlook. This is a fond farewell for you and I. Yeah. Thank you for your many years of great uh, work and for working with me, putting up with me. And um, I look forward to seeing where life leads you next. Well, thanks. And I know I've driven you crazy sometimes. So thanks for putting up with me, too. (laughs) Vice versa. (laughs) You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. News and traffic up next. And we'll share this week's Christian Outlook. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.